0: Sports Finder's Everyday Heroes. My name is Ahmed el and today I have a very special guest with me, Mr. Andrew Walton from Interact Sports. How are Hi, you, Andrew? I'm um, wonderful. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for Great coming us. on. It's Great an absolute pleasure. Andrew,
1: take me back in time. Where did it all begin for you? How did we get here? How did we get here? So Interact Sports started in 2001, basically three uh, mates on, on the balcony of a career club. Uh, who were working on building a website for their club at the time. So this is 2001. And South Yarra Career Club is where we all came together. And South Yarra Career Club was quite sort of unique in that era because it was a lovely place to play cricket, beautiful park, beautiful surroundings. And not many people in the club actually, pl- actually lived in the area. We all came from Brunswick or Coburg or Fitzroy or Richmond or wow. all over the place. There were a few loose threads through University Blues Footy Club and uh, the Golden Valley as an area, sort of uh, where, where I come from in, in Shepparton and Maroobna. And, and um, it was at, at the time when the internet was sort of first starting to emerge in, in Australia. And like most clubs, we had a need to have information by ourselves out there somewhere. And my two partners, Peter and David, they were both from New Mirka via Valorates, myself from Maroobna. And um, Peter was doing a, a computer engineering course at Melbourne University and he developed a product called Statman, which was basically a series of tables that you would plug cricket performances into, and it would give you a series of average charts and tables and so on. And we used to print it out by paper and hand out in the presentation off for awards nights to know who'd done what and and how. Um, What we decided to do was sort of bring it into an online environment through, through a website. So the first iteration of the website for the club was typical logo, some photos, a bit of news, some sponsor ads, or sponsor banners, um, and then myself being the coach of the club, uh, the, the need was to get sort of information off scorecards because the only way we would usually get it was uh, there might be a one-line entry in the Herald Sun on a Monday that South Yarra beat Clayton 180 to 150, and if you made 30 runs or took a few wickets, you'd be in there. If the full scorecard was generally, I'd copy it all down and sort of keep that information on, on, in my own book. Um, and as we sort of went through the process, we sort of discovered that uh, it was it was interesting that it needed information from two competing sides um, who generally belonged to a league or an association, and that even though we were building the knowledge for our own club and, and, and teammates, other people may have been interested in it, in it as well who were interested in, in the game. And it sort of just evolved from there. met um, over a few years where um, we... We recognise the different relationships that a match could have and we adopted a philosophy that data entered once, it flows where it needs to go. So that once our, our players were loaded in the database, once we selected the team, that team would become a team list that could be given to the umpire on match day and he's got his team list of who the players are, the correct name spellings and, and date of birth and things like that needed. The team list could be sent by email amongst your community, could be published in the local newspaper if need be, and it formed the basis of the team of the scorecard for the match. So then once the scorecard was being entered, it was just purely the numbers and a series of drop-down boxes. And it would do all the auto-calculation from there, not only for the particular match, yet for the player's individual record and so on. Um, and just to finish with, what we sort of found as the as the experience unfolded, um, it was that the um, even though cricket pretty similar. You know, there's three stumps each end, a ball and a bat, and you score runs. And how a cricket result can be interpreted into a ladder was quite unusual um, within within the Victorian within the Victorian sort of uh, association. At that stage, there are a hundred different leagues and entities, and there were 40 different ways that a match result could be interpreted into a ladder. they wow. Yeah, because there could be different points for a win or a loss or a draw. There could be percentages, there could be net run rate, there could be bonus points, a whole range of configurations. So very different to, to sports like football, where universally it's goals for, goals against, goals difference. Three for a win, one for a, a draw. It's Whether we're playing in Bolivia or playing in England, it's, it's the same. Cricket entirely different. So it sort of created this mathematical um, challenge, if you like, that, that we found as we went further into it and we were getting some subscribers to, to utilise the system with us directly, that the, the knowledge we were gaining was going to translate across any sport that was much less complicated in, um, in how, how it could be managed. The other thing, to tell us just a little story is back in the early days, um, if you're a cricketer, you know that you can bowl seven overs and five balls. Yet if you're looking at that as a raw number on a sheet, that's 7.5. It's not 7.5, if that makes, makes sense. So yeah. all these little sort of nuances we sort of found were, were part of how we sort of um, started what was initially just for the needs of our own club and grew from there. Wow. And how did you find the
0: clubs adjust to this system? Did they take it on well? Did they struggle
1: at the very beginning? It was, what was their reaction like? Yeah, it was a, it was a struggle initially because, so 2002, 2003, the objections you'd be confronted with would be, uh, "What's the internet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't have a computer. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not online. Wow. Uh, or just and an, even though there was more, you know, people recognised there were websites out out there. The question wasn't around, "What's the website actually like? Why have you got a website? What's it actually doing for you? It's not just a brochure. So we, we actually actually we did a we went old school, we did a, a, a mail-out, we posted out um, a, a three-page questionnaire to about 300 sort of people we knew of in, in, the, in the cricket in, in space, and we got 130 replies. Wow. So, yeah, which, which we found was, was, was pretty good, and that sort of gave us the encouragement that people were interested in the information, mm-hmm. and are prepared to pay a, a fee for it. And coming through a time when a lot of things back then, the example, were free, and particularly in the sports space, there was a view that, we'll make it up with advertising. We always adopted a subscriber model because we we viewed the the information we were... the way we were presenting it, curating it, and having it available in in various reports back to the the club. There was a value there because that typically would be a volunteer's job to get all that stuff together and put it into a spreadsheet or some sort of document and and work it out. And now that's saved all all that time. Yeah, correct. Um, It wasn't an easy journey, though, because... uh, uh, for a number of years we would we would approach national governing bodies or state governing bodies um, with our concept, our idea and, 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 and a working model that was building a subscription base and quite often we'd be rejected because um, we'd be seen as a threat to maybe their jobs or their, their roles because uh, the technology was doing something that they had done for a, a long time um, or there wasn't a clear understanding because if you went into a A governing body and said hi we want to talk to you about this online element they would be confused within as to whose area was that in like is that the guy who does the website or is that game operations or is that marketing or where does it or the it man where does it really fit so it wasn't until 2007 took six years um wow there where we'd by that stage we'd built up a a direct subscriber base of cricket associations and clubs right across australia Uh, were very well very well supported in western australia from from people over there, um, parts of Victoria, uh, very few in Queensland. Just didn't want to have a, just didn't want to know about it early on. Yet in 2007, Cricket Australia, um, we went through a tender process with them, and were selected to provide this comp management sort of solution for them, and which is now my cricket. So, 2007, uh, we signed the, the, the agreement with James Sutherland, who's, who's still the current CEO. And my cricket is now to celebrate its ten year birthday with, with Cricket Australia, and uh, it's testament to James's vision, I suppose, because back then uh, a mobile phone was pretty much just talking on or receiving text messages. There was no Snapchat or Facebook or um, or LinkedIn, even how we how we met together uh, accidentally. And James has now gone back to play community cricket with his son at least Malvin Taronga, played in a third grade premiership, which is as community as you can get. And Will and his mates who are now, some of them are playing in Victoria, and his whole son's career is on the My Cricket platform. And then, wow. to, and then today, it's evolved from keen data into a format, if you like, where now can be, any match can be live scored on a mobile mobile phone. So see so you guys are the pioneers? Uh, to a degree, yeah, to a degree in that area. Um, And in that sort of period, that gave us the impetus and and, and credibility with other sports to take a closer interest. So um, since then, our our major clients now that we deal with directly at national governing body level are Cricket Australia, Netball Australia, the Australian Rugby Union, um, and the ECB, England and Wales Cricket Board in the UK. And that's delivering a range of services to their community. So live scoring, competition management, registrations, uh, event management, websites, apps, um, they don't have to use all the products, necessarily. Um, in the case of the UK, they've invested very heavily in the mobile space. They wanted people to be actively engaged through the, the mobile products, rather than... Makes sense. Yeah, well, it, well they, they've taken a step that they've, they want to replace some of their legacy elements, yeah. and rather try and transition their community who rely on that legacy, that's what they've grown up with over 10, 12 years. They've decided to pursue what's coming in the future and how people are engaging with us in that method. So um, their basic philosophy was that they wanted to have a the ability for anybody to score any game of cricket of any type on any device they wanted and it won't crash. <laughs> sounds sounds simple. It was, it was a, a good guideline or a good scope to have um, which made that which made us realise that. Yeah, I mean scoring conventional cricket is not hard, really. It's not not that complicated. Yet when you're stepping into different junior formats or or pairs or social type formats, they can become complicated. But they're also the areas. Sorry, yeah, they're also the areas where you're getting a very high level of adoption of technology to, to do things. Um, in, in in now and in the future, so that sort of helped also helped us drive that vision into other sports here and markets here. Yeah. The common. Need though is to make sure that they're digitally connected to the Berwick Under Thirteen and the Sunshine Heights Under Seventeen Girls Team, and no matter where where it may be, on the same platform overall. And then to finish with, as time's gone by, um, we've we've um, invested very heavily in our ability to deliver <coughs> integrations through our API network. So that's amazing. Well, it, it yeah. is, it's helped though. It's 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 made it's made stronger our our relationship. So. Depending on the client, we're able to integrate into things like Salesforce, into pin payments, into JLT insurance platforms, into online learning with the Sports Commission. I think we've got about 18 different integrations overall, depending on the client's needs. And again, which gets back to that philosophy, data in at once, it flows where it needs to go. We don't need to be logging into all different systems or having different sort of pop-up environments, making the user experience as good as possible. Wow. Many changes, <laughs> um, a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of ch- probably more recently in the user interface and, and that that user experience and, and recognising that um, in the past sport would be about big scorebooks and lots of writing and lots of data capture and a you know a fairly sort of uh, challenging if you're stepping in for the first time, whereas now because of the different mobile devices we have available using icons and emojis and swipe and wipe, it's just a whole different sort of mindset. So even from the back end where our, our foundation of our system built on data sets and tables with menu structures and all that sort of all that sort of thing, now we can do it a lot different, a lot more efficiently. Um, and we're also recognising that the, the next generation coming through are using those devices, well, they expect the information is already there. Exactly, because yeah. they're, they're, they're born with it. Uh, I have... Yeah. I have four sons. I have a twenty-eight year old and a twenty-four year old, um, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Two different mothers, two different times in life. Everyone's very happy. We all follow Richmond Football Club fanatically. Wow! Yet, interestingly, my two eldest sons uh, they're probably the last of the keyboard generation. Whereas my two youngest sons they're they're, but, they're right in it, and they don't and they don't have uh, an interest in device brain. They just expect the device. To, to work and for them, a screen. And this is where uh, probably t- t- a few years ago, I remember one Christmas we were watching the cricket on at home on TV over summer, and um, youngest one Finn, he walked out of the TV screen and he's trying to. Doesn't quite work that way. Yeah. So on on all all screens, yeah, that's that's what he's been growing up with. So exactly, gives the iPad yeah, absolutely.
0: Angry, angry. Even most of these laptops the nowadays, even computers, from one.
1: The, the beauty of all that, um is just to just to finish a story off. is for a lot of a long time. My mum, God bless her heart, mum's in her seventies, lives in Marupna, um, has lived there all her life. Uh, she, we've been in business now for sixteen years. For about thirteen years, she didn't know what I, she didn't know what I did for a job. <laughs> she just knew something in, in computers. Yeah. And then um, if, three or four years ago, when when my cricket first went into the app, the mobile space, and my nephew, my nephew um, Mitchell said, come on, Nana, check, check this out. And he picked up the iPad and he's pushing this and he's showing Nana his scorecard. Out on the yeah. weekend, he made 15 runs and took two wickets. And mum called up the next day and she said, she said, you should see this stuff that Mitchell's doing. I said, what, that, mum? She said, oh, it's got on the internet, got this uh, thing on the iPad. I said, hey, did you enjoy it? She said, yeah, it was fantastic. I said, did you try it on your phone? Yeah. She, said, she said, yes, I can download the app. Like, no. yeah. I said, mum, that's what I do for a job. Because <laughs> mum was sort of always the view that, to her, in her generation... She would have been cop-smacked. She found her mum wasn't brought up with technology and she would view a computer with, with, with fear. Her, To her, a mouse is an animal, not a, not a device. And yeah. for her, on the keyboard, it's like, what if I do something something right. yeah. wrong? The whole thing will crash. And, yeah. Her email inbox would be smashed by Nigerian bankers and... Yeah. Yeah. So she's not trusting that environment. Yet, on her mobile device she's now learned that she's okay on Facebook because she's seeing photos of people she knows and she's reading comments of, of her friends. So she's built a trust yeah. because she can push, swipe, click. She's okay with that. And even though she still gets the of news delivered to her doorstep every day and she'll read it back to the front, no problem. Yet she now also is comfortable in using technology at the age of 70 plus without any, any concern and they're the sort of people that in those early years for us that was a gap because it was seen to be it's all, all too hard Technology sh- constantly <laughs> shifting
0: and it's moving many people with it yeah uh, early on like you said a lot of people found it very hard to adapt and change and make that move yeah remember in 2008 i had a facebook account mm-hmm. right and people thought you know this kid's off he's off the charts yeah. And uh, like my parents, they, they "What are you doing on Facebook? People can see you, and this privacy, <laughs> and this, and all." Now, now everyone's got Facebook. You know, yeah. like, they've got like twelve million people on social media in Australia alone. Mm. So now it's become the norm, mm. and then these older generation, they see that everyone's on it, they become a bit curious because mm. they see that you're on it. And nothing's wrong with you. You're safe, and so on. Mm. And it makes them a bit more comfortable. Mm. It takes them a bit longer, but they eventually get there. Mm. Mm. So there's all of a sudden, especially the last two years, I've seen this willingness from the old generation mm. to
1: come across and jump on these social media platforms. Yeah, and the technology is also being helped in in being accepted and, and changing the adaptation Ahmed. Because in the on the business side, if you like, so you know, Cricket Australia has gone from what, uh one hundred million dollars, probably an ninety ninety million dollar business now over four hundred million dollars. Wow. Um your average A for a football club is now somewhere between forty five and eighty five million dollars. So they it's 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 big business these days. It's not you can't run things on a spreadsheet and a and a ledger and a few calculators anymore. And I think has helped them grow it certainly has it's given them different revenue streams that they never had before. Absolutely and also yeah. given them different visibility into their analytics and their reporting. So um there'll be data that's there'll be data that's procured through my cricket that flows into Microsoft Dynamics that may be laid over into Tableau or Tableau whichever way you pronounce it which then flows into the Big Bash franchise team so again at that, that common philosophy of you know not having to have all these different sort of file types merge and so as a business they're recognizing that oh okay so our game development area and participation are joined, and they're talking to marketing, and they're talking to events, and they're talking to merchandise, and they're talking to commercial, and everybody within the business, no matter how they're structured, are able to pull yeah, what yeah. they need. Everything's talking. Yeah, yeah, from the same source, and then, it's, then it flows into, from the executive level, it flows into your executive reporting, your board reporting, have got our dashboards, and it's just being a much more efficient Method of, of, of having an understanding of what's, of what's there in, in the business. Whereas, you know, for many, many years, sport would employ a chartered accountant firm to do a survey, not unlike what we probably did when we started 15 years ago, and that firm would come back in 12 months' time, and they would tell the board, this is what your business looks like 12 months ago. <laughs> and that was a standard practice, whereas now, um, well, I sit on a few boards so Bowls Australia is one and at our board meeting tomorrow we'll have a live analytics demographic of whether we're looking at um, uh, those who might be visually impaired or, or, or in, in, indigenous or club bowlers or just a complete dissection of the community information can come direct off the platform.
0: It's helped, it's really helped take local
1: sporting leads yeah. to a new level. It has. It's given yeah. them a great visibility, yeah, correct. It's given them a great visibility, You're totally right, because the it, it's it's given the control back to the source of origin and whether that be Manly Marine Career Club in, in Sydney or, or, or Campbell or Career Club here, who, who are two examples of where they're taking the, the core data that we provide, as in who's playing who, what's the team what, what the performances were, and they're overlaying that with graphics into... Uh, profile photos or, or sponsor in integration, post on Instagram, posting on their weekly Facebook highlight video feed, yeah. and they're communicating to their audience very, you know, not only very thoroughly. But they're also, I think it's also enhancing the image of, of the game. And we're not just waiting for Channel Nine to broadcast <laughs> whatever they've bought the rights to, exactly. To feed our... everyone's become their own media channel. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's
0: well, they're the ones that are on top of
1: things. And I, th- mm, yeah, And I think in the community club space, it, it definitely it's providing a closer bond to those who are supporting the club, yeah. whether it be you know from a, a financial or a services perspective. It yeah. does increase
0: members and and your support base because you're able to relay the message out easily, and they can visualise what's going on. Yeah. Whereas in before it was hard unless you were actually at the club. Yeah. Now let's you know just jump on Facebook or Instagram yeah. or whatever and you can see what's
1: going on in there. The, the other sort of change, which is, you know, I've got no scientific evidence except just being in the space, yet, you know, we have seen the, the time now we're moving through, every major sport is jumping on the tsunami of goodness around women's sport. AFLW, W League, WBBL. It's huge. It, it is huge, across everywhere. everyone's, and and uh, I, I had the recent experience as well this year where I was at Lords hoping Australia were going to play, yet watching the women's final between India and, and England at, at Lord's. And as that match got down, to its dramatic climax, I, I swear, if you, if you turned your back and didn't know who was playing, the noise, the emotion, the energy, the crying, the cheering, you would know there were two countries going at it as hard as you can. If you turn around and say that's a women's sporting event in front of 20-odd thousand people, wow. where you've got nine-year-old boys wearing Tammy Beaumont's number 17 shirt and you've got dads hugging daughters, it was just an amazing experience to physically be there, yet that's been transposed in so many areas. And I suppose we've always found uh, in, in our business dealings, mostly in our life so far, that if we're dealing with a community group and there are females involved in managing the club or managing the association, association um, so Ashley Kate, Manley and Carol Jones at Williamstown who were pioneers 12, 15 years ago, they run a very good ship and they expect things to be done properly. Yeah, no. And they expect to, to, to be there. So uh, we sort of find that you know, the, 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 the in women's sport, there's a very, very high level of acceptance, of expectation that information is available to be viewed and, and consumed and, and, and shared. It's also allowed, even though sports are, you know, they're investing significant amounts in, in the growth of women's sport, a lot of the energy to grow and create the visibility has to come from within, and technology gives them the platform to be able to, to, to do that. Absolutely.
0: Mm. Awesome. So, Andrew, Interact Sport, where yeah. two from here? How do you see your future
1: going Yeah, where are two from here? So, t- 22, so we started as three mates on a balcony, and um, 22 staff now. Uh, we've been here in West Melbourne for, for four years. When we arrived here, we were 11 staff now. We're, we're 22. Nice. Um, we don't have any sort of real... I mean, we probably think that... 40, 50 eventually may be the right sort of size for us. Uh, Not all of what we do is throwing more people at the situation It's being smarter and better with your technology and using your devices. Um, We enjoy what we do. We're we're, we're three mates, we're all still involved in the business in different areas. We've got different uh, levels of staff and people who help guide us through. Yet we sort of feel very strongly now that um, that since the the barriers of I can't get on the internet are are gone because everyone's carrying a computer in their in their pocket virtually, so the ability now is now to connect to, to everybody. That the appetite for more and more and more information is going to be going to be there, um, and we're seeing sports shift into you know, fantasy sports or or e-sports, esports. The, e-sports is a massive yep, oh, massive massive wave coming through, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. that separately a sort of a, um, I'm a cricket coach. I coach Melbourne Cricket Club. I'm going through, with Cricket Australia, the Level 3 High Performance um, Programme, and in that area you're exposed to a lot of things in other other sports. And recently hearing why sports like the Adelaide, or why sporting clubs or teams like the Adelaide Crows, or I think maybe the Brisbane Broncos, are investing in eSports. And what they're sort of finding is that a lot of their existing fans are eSport fans as well, so they're just meeting a need with the community that they already have Um, if they're also finding from their own high-performance space issues that these sports are coming with and how they manage their teams are no different to whether you're any type of sport whether it be about um, behaviors or wellness or preparation or or traveling to events and managing events so we're starting to see this sort of cross crossing over I think it's going to be a a bigger explosion optimistic for us um, is um, 16 years in in, in business uh, Sport, to a large degree, is recession proof. Yeah, particularly in the community space. Yeah, exactly. um, you know, we, we've never we've never seen a decrease in, in sport. And, it's an outlet for for people. Yeah, and and you know, pleasingly, as we, we both come from a migrant background, yeah. and uh, we're both involved in sports that are that are inviting to any, any demographic or, or, or background, and and, you know, and inclusiveness is becoming a much much bigger issue. So we're recognising the difference in our demographic in our society, and anybody can play. Anybody can play, whatever they whatever they want. More the merrier. More the yes. merrier, totally, totally. A lot of talent out there that's not being utilised. So. And I think also that the other sort of, in the future, the other pleasing thing is that uh, the Sports Commission uh, are actively uh, speaking about the benefits of sport as far as the health benefits of sport in, in being active, not just physically mentally active and, and, exactly. and, and what that provides to the, to the binding of a community and also how effective community clubs are in delivering the messages about healthy lifestyles. and So hopefully we'll see a government sort of shifting policy and, and some of the investment in the health area will start to shift across into sport as, as well because most, most country towns... Where I come from, the the football club, the cricket club, the netball club, the bowls club, the golf club, it their sport, and people play it for competitive and for relaxation. It they're also critically important for the health of the community and one hundred percent and educating that next lot of kids who are who are coming through, and it's bringing you know if if we can if it can create a digital thread that makes the relationship between my mum. And my nephew stronger, and that, that's good. That's good for all, I
0: think. I think sports a common language across the board. Yeah, everyone knows something about some team or some code. Absolutely, and it makes things much much easier. Absolutely. Andrew, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Before I let you go, where can we find you guys on,
1: on social media? Social media. So Interact Sport is our brand everywhere. So we're on on Facebook on the web, of course, on on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, me personally, Andrew Walton X. I threw an X on the end just to just to stand out when <laughs> something different. <laughs> something yeah. something different, something stand out. Yeah. Um, that's where we can be found. And uh, or any of our any of our services and product clients, my cricket, my netball, rugby link, you can find us. We're there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, thank Have you. absolutely pleasure.
0: Cheers. We'll catch you all on the next episode of Sports Finders Everyday Heroes. Thank you. Thank you.